0: Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And thus opens Paul's first epistle to the church of Thessalonica, a church that was established in the largest city in Macedonia. That had a large Jewish synagogue where Paul was enabled to preach on three Sabbaths. And during that time, from the Jewish Old Testament scriptures, demonstrate that the Christ that God had promised to them was not only going to be a glorious king, but first he had to suffer and die and then rise again from the dead and that he'd already come. They needn't be looking for him to come because he has already come. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. He lived a perfect life of obedience. He died an unjust and inglorious death upon the cross of Calvary as a substitute for those who trust in him, taking our judgment upon himself. He rose again gloriously from the tomb on the third day and ascended back to heaven where he reigns even now at the right hand of God, and therefore you need to believe in Jesus for he is the God-sent Savior and their salvation and none other. And if you don't accept him, if you don't receive him, if you don't believe in him, then you you will have no salvation for your soul no matter how religious you are, no matter how devout you are, no matter how faithful you are to the place of worship, no matter how faithful you are to your religious traditions. If you don't trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you will be forever lost. That was the message which Paul preached in Thessalonica. And now later he writes this epistle to them. And so, thank you for joining me on this Thursday, February 8. Thank you for your being mindful and sensitive to our financial needs to keep teaching God's Word on this station. All right, the epistle itself. We've already spent some days talking about the establishment of the church in Thessalonica, but what about the epistle? When was it written? Bible scholars tell us that it was probably written around A.D. 51, which makes it one of the earlier of Paul's epistles. Where was Paul when he wrote this epistle to the church of Thessalonica? Probably in the city of Corinth. Where is Corinth? It's in South Greece. Macedonia is in, I mean, Thessalonica is in Northern Greece in the territory known as Macedonia. When Paul left Macedonia... He established three churches in Macedonia, the first one in Philippi, the second one in Thessalonica, and the third one in Berea. Oh, remember that Berean church? These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they searched the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so. The majority of the Jews in Thessalonica did not give Paul's message serious study and consideration. They rejected it without even studying it carefully, like many people do today in doctrines that that they are told are found in the Bible, but they don't like them, they don't want to believe them, they aren't willing to study to see if they're there. They just say, "I, I, I don't believe that, I won't accept that, and just like the Jews, the majority of the Jews in Thessalonica, in Berea, it's the only place where the Jews are as a whole are commended for their willingness to search the Scriptures diligently. They were searching the Scriptures every day that Paul was teaching to them. Oh, that God may give us the Berean spirit. But after Paul established his third church in Berea, then he went all the way down south to Athens, in the territory, the Roman province of Achaia, where he preached... And didn't have nearly as much success there as he'd had in other cities. There were apparently three or four, maybe even half a dozen people who believed. We can't tell exactly. There were some. But apparently not enough to establish a church. And Paul didn't see much possibility of there being others. He left there and went on to the next place and went to Corinth. And there he found a more ready reception because the Holy Spirit had prepared for the gospel to be received, and so he stayed in Corinth for 18 months, a year and a half, preaching the gospel and establishing that church. He hadn't stayed in any of the cities in Macedonia for that long, but in Corinth he did, and while he was there, he wrote some of his epistles, and we think this one, 1 Thessalonians, was written by Paul from Corinth and he is writing to what is evidently an exemplary church because it's one of the churches of which there is no word of comment, of condemnation or of correction, no sharp corrections, though there are many commendations, and the evidence, therefore, is that the church at Thessalonica was strong and healthy. Again, another evidence that Paul had to be there more than three weeks. He had to be there for some months in order to be able to establish a church like that. Even the Apostle Paul, greatly helped by the Holy Spirit in a way that I don't really think anybody else has had the equal, to see as many churches established as he did some missionaries devote a whole life to establishing one church in one place. That does not mean that they are any less faithful than Paul. What it means is that for whatever reason God the Holy Spirit does not choose to prepare as much soil for to, to receive the good seed of God's Word. God does not choose to save as many people in those places. God does not choose to make those who trust Christ as eager and receptive to receive sound doctrine and to get their church established and to become active themselves as evangelists and reaching out into their community and beyond. Sometimes it takes a lifetime for a missionary to establish one church in some locations, but here is the Apostle Paul who established, we well, we really don't know how many churches, numerous churches over a short period of time. Relatively speaking, probably at the most, about 20 years of ministry altogether, and a dozen or more churches firmly established, and hundreds, probably thousands of people who came to a saving knowledge of Christ. And how do you explain that? In a pagan world, a lascivious world, a world filled with idolatry and with immorality And with materialism, just like the world in which we live today here in America, and how do you explain such amazing success by the Apostle Paul? And there's only one way to explain it. God poured His Spirit out upon and through the Apostle Paul in an unusual way, probably more than anyone else has ever experienced. And so the church at Thessalonica, which Paul established in, we don't know, but it had to be a few short months at most, was established in such a way that it is exemplary, it is sound, it does not need correction, it is amazing. And Paul wrote his first Thessalonian epistle back to this church. Now why was this epistle written? You can look at different epistles of Paul and say, well, he wrote this one to correct a particular heresy, like the Galatian heresy. He wrote the Galatian epistle for that reason. He wrote first and second Corinthians to correct many of the errors, both doctrinally and in violation of, of sound Christian living that had to be corrected in the church at Corinth. And and so on. You can you can generally find a purpose for each of the epistles that Paul wrote. The Philippian epistle was written primarily as an expanded thank you note to thank them for their loving financial care and support of him as a traveling missionary. They were exemplary in that way, and Paul wrote a very warm thank you note. And we call that thank you note. Paul's epistle to the Philippians. Why was this epistle to the Thessalonians written? What was the purpose? Well, you can look at the book, there's only five chapters, and at least notice the following things. First of all, there is what is very clearly a personal section that takes up the first three chapters. Thanksgiving for God's grace manifested, chapter 1. Reminders of Paul's presence with them, chapter 2. A record of Timothy's visit and good report of what was going on there in chapter 3. Followed by a doctrinal section in chapters 4 and 5, which constitute, first of all, exhortations for godly living, the first part of chapter 4, and then information about the second coming of Christ in chapters 4 and 5, which seemed to be something that The Thessalonians had particular questions about, and Paul, according to his custom, helped them with that. You've got questions? Let me answer your questions. You don't understand this as as thoroughly as you would like. You're still puzzled about some aspects of it, so let me write and make it as clear and plain as I possibly can. I want you to understand what the truth is about the promise of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so... There are, therefore, apparently several purposes for this short five-chapter epistle. It was number one, to encourage the saints. Number two, to strengthen Paul's relationship with them. Number three, to strengthen the saints' resolve to live righteously as Christians in a pagan world. And number four, to correct misunderstandings about the coming of Christ. That's why, from what we can gather by by studying the epistle as a whole, that's why Paul wrote this epistle. In other words, in this case, there's not one main purpose. There are several smaller purposes, but all of them very important, and Paul addresses each of them very nicely. And so that brings us now back to where where we started, which is the salutation in chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have time to get into the details, but I'll just simply say that his salutation follows the standard format. It identifies the author, the recipients, and contains a greeting. And it tells us some other important information that we will get into in more details, Lord willing, on the broadcast tomorrow. So thank you for joining me today. And please join me again tomorrow as we get into the contents of this epistle and begin to study the words of this book, which is the word of the living God communicated through the Apostle Paul. And we need to know what God has said to us through him. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.